Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Come on, somebody's fired up. Yes, indeed. Boy, if you run and take a lap, I'm following you. Come on, baby. We'll Jericho march around this place in Jesus' name. Oh, fantastic. Hey, last week, if y'all were here last week, didn't Pastor David Ray do a fantastic job? Oh, my goodness. Now you know why I call him all day David Ray, because I could just listen to him preach all day. He brought it. And then two weeks uh, before, uh, a week before that, then we had that uh, unplugged worship Sunday, the ghost bomb. How many of you appreciated that? Just worship and singing and prayer and ministry. Heard so many good reports from that. I just want you to know we will create opportunities like that. We'll do more of that in the future. And so, and don't miss this Wednesday night. That'll be a little sample of, of what we're talking about. You know, if you have your Bibles, turn to First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 12. First Chronicles. Uh, if you're wondering where First Chronicles is, it's right before Second Chronicles. <laughs> I met a, a young married couple probably about three weeks ago right over here in this section. And after church, we were talking, and they, they had a brand new, I mean, fresh off the factory belt, brand new baby. I mean, she couldn't have been but eight, nine weeks old, you know, all dolled up. You know how you mamas are. You get them all dolled up and got the little headband and everything. It's just, you know, and so they were talking to me, and they said, Pastor, we want to introduce you to our brand new baby girl. Every time you preach, it just puts her right to sleep. <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, oh, praise God. He said, no, no, Pastor, for real. She, you know, we'll bring her into the big church. Because, you know, you got children's church and you have big church. Do y'all know that? Y'all know this is big church? Y'all feel better about yourself? Now you're in big church. So every time we bring her to big church, and man, when you start preaching, she just, she goes right to sleep. She said, we were, he told me, he said, we were on vacation like two weeks ago, and we were driving down the road, and she was in her car seat and just all fussy and couldn't get settled. He said, I had an idea. I was like, well, why don't we pull up Pastor Mike on YouTube? <laughs> sure enough, I mean, just rocked her right to sleep. So... Adults, this is big church. You have no excuse to sleep on my watch today. Today, I want to give you, I want to kick off a, a two-part teaching on uncertainty, okay? I want to talk to you about uncertainty. Um, subtitle this, what to do when you don't know what to do. How many of you could use this message right about now? What to do when you don't know what to do. This this set of teachings today and next Sunday, it was birthed out of a season of prayer. Honestly, I, I, as your pastor, I want you to know this, that I do a lot of reflecting. You know, I, I try to be still and hear from God on your behalf. I think about what does the church need to hear? How can I help God's people? I pray that. I think about that often. I just believe church Sundays should be helpful. Can I have a good amen? I think when you come to the house of God, you ought to receive something that you need. 
I think you ought to receive teaching and equipping. And some of you need encouragement. Some of you need to be challenged and inspired. Some of you just need help. Come on, somebody. I think when you come to God's house, it ought to be relevant for the world that you live in. In fact, I was talking to our, our, our campus pastor in Spain, Pastor Dick Flores. He told me, he said, Mike, I'd never heard of Healing Place. The first time I heard of Healing Place, I was talking to an atheist. And this guy told me, he said, listen, I don't believe in God, but that Healing Place, they help people. If you need help, you go there. Come on, how I many you know that's a great compliment from an atheist? If you need help, and so my prayer, I've been thinking about things like, you know, uh, I've been thinking about public health. I've been thinking about the pandemic. Uh, I've been thinking about vaccines, thinking about masks, thinking about mandates. I, I think about the political climate of our country. I, I think about all the confusion that currently exists in our society. I think about the division and strife that seems to be on steroids. Can I have a good amen? I think about these are interesting days, are they not? I mean, listen, 18 months ago, 24 months ago, would you have ever predicted the time that we're living in now? I don't think any of us saw this coming. You know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. So, I mean, that, that is true. But guess what? It's new to us. We've never been here before. We, we've never seen things happening in our country and in our culture like they're happening now. How do you respond in times of uncertainty? In fact, there's a cartoon. I, I saw this picture, and I want them to put it on the screen. I think it summarizes best the, the, the days that we live in. Have you seen this? Look at that. A, a, a poor sweet lady. She jumped out of 2020 thinking, wow, my life is about to get better. Only to bounce off the rescue mat into the next burning building. Does that summarize the last 18 months for anybody? Can I have a better amen? There's something about, there's something about this picture that just makes a whole lot of sense to me. You know, some of you, when, 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 when 2020 was over with, you know, and you left that behind, you were like, well, thank God I left all that crazy behind. No, crazy followed you, didn't it? Hey, and our word at the beginning of this year was forward. Man, we're moving forward. Guess what? Uncertainty followed us into this year. What do you do as a church? I want to be a good pastor to you. I want you to come and sit under teaching that will help you with the days that you're living in. I often think about what was, I think about what is, and I consider what will be. Do you know what? This book tells us what was. This book not only describes what was, but speaks of what is. And can I tell you this? It also points to what will B, can I have a good amen? So if we're going to talk about uncertainty, what to do when you don't know what to do, you can't do it apart from this book right here. As your pastor, I want to get you in the word. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, I think this is a verse that summarizes things really well. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. 
Many of you know Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Those 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. The nation of Israel, the people of God, consisted of 12 tribes. And of the tribe of Issachar, 1 Chronicles 12.32 says this. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of that tribe with their relatives. And all of these men understood the signs of the times. Not only did they understand the signs of the times, but they knew the best course for Israel to take. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? This is a great verse, okay? Notice the two characteristics of the tribe of Issachar. They were men who understood the times, and they knew what Israel ought to do. Can I tell you this? There are many people who understand the times, but they have no idea what to do. And then there are some people who think they know what to do, but they don't have a clue as to what time it is. Can I tell you this? God's church should do both well. We are believers who understand the times, and we know what we're supposed to do. You know, the confusion around you doesn't have to be inside of you. Can I have a good amen? And so when we talk about uncertainty, what to do when you don't know what to do, today the first step that we'll take is I want you to, to remember three things. There are three, and I'm going to try to get through this. In the first service, I only got to two. I know there are probably, I'm going to get some emails. People be losing some sleep. Pastor, you said there were three and you only gave us two. How many of you left brainers when it comes to filling the blank? If there's a blank that's missing, you're going to be upset. Okay. How many of you write brainers? You don't care. Take notes or not, man. It's no big deal. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do my best to give you three things to remember, all right? History makers are note takers, so write this down. Number one, here's what you need to remember in times of uncertainty. Number one, God is in charge. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. This is going to be like gravy on a biscuit today. I'm telling you, your soul is going to be encouraged. When there are unpredictable moments and uncertainty, we need to remember that our God is in control. The Bible uses a word called sovereignty. Somebody say sovereignty. You know what sovereignty means? It literally means God is the supreme authority in all the universe and everything is under his control. There's good news. For those of us who follow Jesus, when we've said yes to Jesus, we are embracing a father who is in complete control. Now, the truth is there will be things that happen to us outside of our control But nothing is ever beyond God's control. Are you with me today? Look at what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Oh, sovereign Lord. There's that word again. Oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and your powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Oh, that's so good. Listen, the God that you and I serve is strong. He created all this stuff. Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arms, and nothing is too hard for you. Do you know that God has never once panicked in heaven? Do you know that nothing has ever occurred to God? 
Well, it occurred to me. No, no, no. <laughs> Nothing occurs to God. God, back in 2020, coronavirus, God was never like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Wait, I am God. Moses, Elijah, Joshua, go, go get Peter, James, and John. We got to figure out what's going on on the earth. Listen, there may be chaos on the earth, but there is no confusion in heaven. Our God is in charge. He's in control. Uh, there may be things that we don't understand, but the Lord has perfect understanding. In fact, look at this scripture in Proverbs 19, 21. The Bible says this, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You know, it's good to make a plan. How many of you, you're in business? Well, you can't have a business without a business plan. Make a plan. God expects us to make plans, but he also wants us to submit our plans to his purpose. You see, I have a schedule. I live by a schedule. If I don't write it down, I forget. But you know, life is what happens to you when you have something else planned. How many of you know that back in 2020, you probably had plans and then 2020 just hit you right upside the head? And then you say, well, I'm going to make a plan for 21. And it's good to have a plan. But you take those plans and you submit it to God's purpose. Why? Because the Lord himself is in charge. You see, if we recognize that God is in charge, then we embrace the fact that we are not. Do you know that you and I are not in control of the universe? And sometimes we live as if we are. Come on. Why is it that we say yes to Jesus, Lord, come into my heart, come into my life, just take over, and then we spend the rest of our days trying to help God out? <laughs> Have you ever prayed, and in your prayer you were just like trying to inform God? Hey, God, come here, come here, Lord. If you really knew what they were doing to me at work. You know, have you ever prayed and thought that, you know, well, obviously God is a little preoccupied because there's a lot of people, 8 billion people on the planet. That's a lot of toothpaste. Come on, somebody. Lord, I, I, I'm here in Baton Rouge. Lord, here's what I want you to see. Lord, if you really knew what was going on, why do we give God our lives and then we try to tell him what to do with it? Part of us embracing the sovereignty of God is surrendering our control to him. <laughs> Michaela, she's my, she's my sweet, strong-willed child. I love her. She just made 19 this past Friday. That little girl is growing up. When she was four years old, I remember we were in the backyard. We had a little swing set in the backyard. And one day, so we're back there, all the kids are playing, and she has this whistle. And she blows this whistle and says, Dad, come here. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's up? Daddy, when I blow this whistle one time, I want you to push me on the swing set. That means I want to swing. But when I blow the whistle twice, I want you to stop me, get me off the swing set, and take me to the trampoline. And then when I blow this whistle three times, take me from the trampoline, and I want to go down the slide. You got that, Dad? What's one whistle, two whistle, three? You, you got it? I said, girl, give me that whistle. <laughs> exactly. 
You, you ain't telling me what to do with that. Well, she's blowing that whistle like she's in charge. And I, sometimes I wonder if God says, hey, give, give me the whistle. Give, give. Your life will work out better when you surrender everything to me. Have you noticed the most frustrating parts of our lives are when we're wrestling with God, trying to do things our way instead of surrendering to him and doing it his way? Oh, man. When we embrace the fact that we're not in control, we recognize his sovereignty. Now, life will give us the illusion of control. Check, check this out. I know Christmas is coming up. I mean, here we are. We're in October. We're in the fourth quarter. We're moving toward the holidays. How many of you love Christmas? Oh, I just love everything about it. I love it. I love the food. I love the lights. I love the parties. I love the services. It's going to be an amazing Christmas this year at HBC. And every year in our family, we read the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. Some of you, you you do the same. It's very familiar. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, the scripture says this, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Okay? Familiar passage, right? Right? There came a day when, in the days of Caesar Augustus, he issued a decree. He's taxing the world. Now, this was at a time when the Roman Empire was three million square miles. I mean, they said that the sun never set on the Roman Empire. That means as the sun was going down in one part of the world, it's coming up in another part of the world, and both parts are Roman. I mean, the, the, the expanse of the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago was unmatched. Caesar had a standing army of about a half a million people. Now, let me ask you this. How do you take care of a stand? How do you provide for an army that big? Luke chapter 2, verse 1. You issue a decree. You tax the world. That's how you supply. Caesar was in charge. He was a man of power. They built statues to honor him. They, they worshipped him at the end of his life. Has that ever happened to you? Anybody ever built a statue for you? You ever walked into the office and there's a cardboard cutout of you? And people are like, we're not worthy. How many know that would be awkward, wouldn't it? That was happening with Caesar, all right? He was the man. The Bible says he had so much control that he would lift his finger in Rome and 1,500 miles away, a poor, poverty-stricken couple would have to take a journey to Bethlehem. Why? Why were, were Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem? Well, because Caesar issued a decree. They, they weren't living in Bethlehem, but if they're going to be taxed, they had to go back to their city of origin. And what was the result of issuing this decree? A child was born in Bethlehem. Caesar thought his kingdom was secure in Rome, but he didn't realize it was lying in a manger in Bethlehem. I want to talk to you about control. Caesar issues a decree and everybody moves. Let me ask you this. Where's Caesar today? Caesar only has one palace remaining and it's not in Rome. It's in Vegas. Come on, you see that? Where you at, Caesar? He gone. Guess what? The kingdom of God 
from that day to this day, it stretches across the globe. The sun never sets on the kingdom of God. You see, watch this. Empires rise and empires fall. Caesar thinks he can lift his finger and everybody moves, but little did he know that God was in control the whole time. You see, the prophets had foretold of old that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. How are we going to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem? Well, Caesar issues a decree. Can I tell you this? It wasn't Caesar. It was God. And some of these things that we take credit for, oh, come on, I'm preaching now. Some of these things we, we think depend on us, it doesn't depend on you. God doesn't need your ability. He, all he asks is for your surrender. He doesn't need your help. He says, if you'll surrender your plans to my purpose because I'm in control. Mm -mm -mm. Did a little study in the book of Revelation, okay? Revelation's kind of crazy, huh? Y'all ever read Revelation? It is wild. I mean, there's like a dragon, and there's this beast. You know, these angels, there's trumpets, there's seals that are broken, there's, there's cherubim, there's tribulation, there's apocalypse. How many know Revelation can be kind of crazy? But let me tell you a little quick overview of the book of Revelation. Can I give you five things that I've discovered? First of all, you need to know this. Evil has a deadline. It has an expiration date. The clock is ticking. Evil will not be extended. When God says it's done, it's done. The clock is ticking on evil. You know what else? The beast is on a leash. He may walk around and roar and growl and intimidate, but he is on the leash of heaven. The third thing you need to know about Revelation is this. This world is not what it appears to be. You don't look at it and just take it at face value. There's an unseen realm. Not everything that glitters is gold. Are you ready for this? The fourth thing I recognize is the church is the most precious, protected people on the planet. God loves his sons and his daughters. If we call ourselves his children, I promise you, he's going to protect us. Good days, bad days. I'm telling you what, it's not getting any easier. But the last thing you need to know is this. The lamb wins. The Lamb of God wins. He has the final word. So the good news, okay, everybody say good news. The joy and confidence that we have as believers is knowing this. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I know what happens last. I know who puts the exclamation point on the end of all of this. He is in charge. Can somebody say amen? Let your spirit receive this because your mind will play tricks on you. Man, there'll be a spirit of fear that'll try to jump on you. If God is not panicking in heaven as his children, why would we panic here on earth? Number one, God is in charge. Number two, God does not change. <laughs> oh, I love this. God does not change. Change. Now, the truth is, everything around us is changing. It's changing at warp speed. How many of you know even you are changing? How many of you have ever seen, maybe you go to Facebook and you get this like time hop, this, this, this picture of, of you from like five years ago? Have y'all, does that happen to anybody? Y'all ever get amazed at like what you were wearing or your hairstyle back then? Or like, man, I can't believe mama dressed me like that. Or, so I want to give you a little time hop, speaking of change, from some of our staff, okay? All right, I'm going to put up some pictures, a little time hop, and you try to guess who these individuals are. First one, go ahead and throw that first one up.
I love this one. Y'all didn't know that David Ray was Fabio in his former life, did you? <laughs> yeah, some of those steamy romance novels. This is a guy on the cover, huh? <laughs> Check him out. I love that. That's, that's all day David Ray. They cropped out his, I guess that's an old girlfriend. We won't talk about that. All right, so that's the first. Show me the next one. What's the next picture? Next picture. Some of you are like, who that is? Who, who is that? That is not, okay, try to, try to picture that with no hair. That is our worship pastor, Doug Musso, the Dizzle. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Man, he's working that eraser hair, isn't he? Man, he's growing that big. Okay, do the next one. Do the next one. Oh, yeah. You know who that might be? That is none other than Earl James Earl Rents, right there. That's, that's, that's Brother Earl Rents. And he's working that polyester power hour. Come on. I think he still has that suit in his closet. And, and it still fits. Yeah, that's Earl right there. Okay, go, go to the next pick. Oh, oh, y'all be so sweet on Marla. Oh, look, that, that's Anna Green Gables right there, you know. <laughs> look at old Marla. Okay, put up the next one. Terry Olivier, the real deal, T.O. We call him the lean dean. Look, he was bringing it strong back then. Terry Olivier. Okay, got a couple more. Put, put up the next one. Who's that? That's Sid, baby. Al Seed, man. Check him out. He got that little, he's got that mustache, man. He's so young. He's still working on that mustache right there. Well, he was young and dapper. Check that. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, our men's campus pastor. <laughs> that had to be back in his BC days, right? My brother was building his testimony back then. Come on, somebody. I'm so glad he's on our side now. Praise God. Last but not least. Hey. Hey, girl. That's my girl. Boom. I got sunshine. Girl, you have not aged a bit. Look at that. That's some hairspray right there, boy. <laughs> but you know, the, the truth is this. All of us change. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need a little change. But the good news, hear me, hear me, hear me. The good news is the Lord himself does not change. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, I am the Lord and I do not change. Come on, somebody. Thank you, God. <laughs> That's why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. <laughs> God's saying, hey, look, I made a promise to Abraham. And because I do not change, I will be faithful to keep my promise. Now, y'all not acting right. Y'all need to be judged. You know, but because I'm good and I change not, I'm going to keep my promise. You see, here, here's the thing. Listen, when we go to God, we know exactly what we're going to get. There is no guesswork. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it then, he can do it again. Can I have a good amen? The God of the Bible has not lost his power. He's in charge, and he doesn't change. Somebody say, that's good news. You, you see, it, it, why is this important? Because if God doesn't change, it means he can be trusted. 
You can trust him. I don't know if I trust politics, but I trust God. I don't know if I trust the media, but I trust God. Come on, somebody. I don't know if I trust what's being said on social media, but I trust God because I know what I'm going to get. There's something to be said for consistency. You know, it's hard to build friendship with inconsistency. How many of you, you, you try to be a friend of somebody and they're like the stock market? I mean, they gain 200 points one day and then they lose 300 the next. And like, whoa, where did this come from? <laughs> it's like in the words of the famous theologian, Forrest Gump. <laughs> he said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Oh, the inconsistency is crazy. But here's what God wants to remind his children. I'm in charge. And I do not change. The Lord is the same. You can trust his promises. Now listen, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds your future. Don't let your emotions and your feelings go up and down based on what's happening around you. You need to get in touch with the spirit of God within you. He will be an anchor to your soul. Are you catching this today? Man, I'm running out of time. I want to ask the band to come up. <clears throat> you know, t- two weeks ago, two weeks ago, and, and many of you know the Foster family, Derek and, and Felicia Foster, uh, dear friends of ours and, man, such pillars in this church. Many of you know they, they lost their 21-year-old daughter. Came to church two weeks ago on a Sunday just like this. Went home, had lunch. She laid down to take a nap, and she never woke up. And you talk about just, I mean, turn your world upside down. Derek reached out to me, and I'm like, hey, man, where are you? Where are you? I got to put my arms around you right now. Where are you? And so we met. We actually came up here, came up here on campus, and we met, and some of his close friends and some of this small group, you know, kingdom relationships, they showed up, gathered around him. We, we wept, we wept, we prayed, we wept some more, we spoke the word, we cried again. And, and I mean, all the emotions that go with that, you know, just, you, you know, just world turned upside down. We went to his house that afternoon. Some of his family and extended family were there just trying to make sense of what's happened. You know, life is uncertain. I mean, it really is. There are no guarantees. None. That's why we we cling to Christ and Christ alone. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I mean, you just cannot put your trust in anything. You know, there's so much distrust now in organizations. Nobody trusts anything anymore. And it's revealing of where you put your trust in. Every, Every institution will disappoint you. Every, and let me say that again, every institution will disappoint you, but God himself never will. We were gathered in their living room. I said, Derek, would you and Felicia and Bria, come get here in the center and let's just, let's surround you right now. And it was such a beautiful picture. You know, the Bible says, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, their pain is our pain. That's what spiritual family is about. And so as we gathered around them and we prayed, and, and Sid was with us, and, and I said, Alcide, would you, would you lead us in a song? And you know what he began to sing? Great is thy faithfulness. Yes. 
And you know, there's a part of that song, and that's a familiar hymn to some of you. If you've not been in church, maybe you're not familiar with it, but I'm going to tell you, there is so much biblical truth in the hymns of yesterday. There's a part of that song said, that, that, that says, Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. What were we declaring in the midst of our pain and suffering? God, you don't change. And we trust you. We can take our pain to you because with you, we know what we're going to get. We're going to get unfailing love. We're going to get unfailing compassion. Lord, I don't understand everything, but I thank God I don't have to. I trust you. Why? Because great is your faithfulness. Come on, Sid, would you... Would you just sing that over us? Come on, I want you to sit right where you are. Shut your eyes. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, my Father. There are no shadows of turning with thee. Come on, no shadow of turning. Thou changest not. Thy compassion may fail not as thou hast been. As you have been, Lord. Thou forever, forever, Lord. Come on, let's declare this. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. Morning by All I have need, everything that I need, everything you provide, provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Come on, let's all stand together. Can you stand with us? Sing, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven. step into this moment and pray for some people with your heads bowed with your eyes closed here's what I feel here's what I sense in my spirit okay and I want to come into agreement with the Word of God for the times that we're living in I believe that this is a day where God's going to pour out his spirit there is a harvest of souls that's awaiting the kingdom when people are desperate, when, 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 when they're uncertain, when they're looking for answers, and, and I'm telling you, church, it's not getting any easier. I don't mean to be gloom and doom. It's not getting any easier for the world. Now, our hope is not in, in this world, okay? So I'm saying, you be encouraged, but God is using the difficulties of this day to turn people toward him. Sometimes you don't realize that God is all you need until he is all you have. 
And God is stripping away the things that we once held on to. The, once, the, the things that we once thought were so important and so secure. All those things are being shaken. And what is left is unshakable. And that's the kingdom of God. Some of you are here today and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? My world is shaken. And maybe there's confusion and chaos inside of you. And God wants you to know that today, today is the day of salvation. Today, if you will surrender to him today, you can be confident and you can be secure. We don't know what's going to happen next, but we know what happens last. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.